Ash Wednesday service. Uh, you probably noticed the Barnabas effect already. Number of chairs. That's why there's so many out for, for Barnabas on Sunday. Ash Wednesday begins, of course, our preparation for Lent. 40 days of preparation and self-examination as we move towards the cross and the empty grave. On Ash Wednesday, we are like Isaiah, seeing who we are in the light of God's majesty. We are mortal, frail, and dependent on the grace of God. We examine ourselves, allowing God's holy light to reveal our sin, leading us to come in repentance before God. We can be honest about our frailty, about the temptations and the weaknesses we face in this life. Ash Wednesday is also about recognising the God who saved us from sin and death. Jesus stared death in the face and won. So with Christ Jesus, we too can stare death in the face and enter into the fullness of life that will not end when our mortal bodies die. Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says this. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. And so this is the collect for Ash Wednesday today. Holy God, our lives are laid open before you. Rescue us from the chaos of sin and through the death of your Son, bring us healing and make us whole. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so we're going to sing a couple of of songs as we begin our time together. John very kindly is going to lead us in that. Do stand to sing.
Do be seated. And so to help us to uh, focus our minds and our thoughts on the sacrifice that Jesus has paid for us, we're going to uh, watch this video now. Thank you. 
We're now going to have a responsive reading which is based on Psalm 51. And uh, there will be some responses uh, that uh, will go on the screen. So do, do join in when it, uh, it says all. And so we all start together by saying, Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Have mercy on me, O God. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Have mercy on me, O God. Surely I was sinful at birth, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Have mercy on me, O God. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Have mercy on me, O God. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Have mercy on me, O God. I will, treat, I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are my saviour, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Have mercy on me, O God. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. Have mercy on me, O God. My sacrifice is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you will not despise. And so we're going to sing our next him, our next song, Jesus, lover of my soul. Do stand to sing.
Heavenly Father, we surrender to your ways and we present our lives before you this evening. Father, as we hear your word read, as we listen to Ursula speak from your word, we pray that on this Ash Wednesday that we again would take your word seriously, hear what you're saying to us, and follow obediently. Bless Ursula as she speaks, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Eleanor's going to come and read us. Uh, Bible reading. Thank you, Eleanor. The reading comes from the prophet Joel. Chapter 2, a couple of verses from the beginning, and then continued at verse 12. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes such as never was in ancient, ti ancient times, nor ever will be in ages to come. Verse 12. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, Call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Eleanor. Tonight, we're gathered together online and in church here to mark the start of Lent. It seems to me that for every other Christian and pagan festival that supermarkets can use as a vehicle for profit, they take full advantage of. 
And although the stores have been quick to sell pancakes and lemons and chocolate sauce and other tempting treats, we see no encouragement from our supermarkets to a time of abstinence in Lent. But as I read and reread this chapter this week from Joel and heard them again just now as Eleanor read, my mind went to the pictures and news reports from the Ukraine of the starvation in Afghanistan and of Ukrainian cities facing siege and starvation. And I'm reminded of what C.S. Lewis said. The descent to hell is easy, and those who begin by worshipping power soon worship evil. Some of you may remember that in May 2019, I went with other folk from the diocese to meet with Christians in Moscow. The Anglican Church in the centre of Moscow, St Andrews, hosted us a wonderful Sunday lunch. And I never thought three years ago that last night I would join on Facebook with those same folk in Moscow, praying whilst we watched the new scenes of invasion in Europe. And that we would hear from a church warden of Christ Church in Kiev a little of what it is like to live in a war zone or to hear Malcolm Rogers speak again, as I heard him three years ago, but this time telling us what it was like to be living in Moscow. And if you didn't hear it, I would recommend that you maybe listen to it because his words are very wise and very plain speaking. We do not know exactly when Joel wrote these words or to what he was referring, but this we do know that the message of Joel is the same then as for now, that mankind's only hope is to turn to God. Traditionally, of course, Lent was a time of preparation for those who were going to be baptised at Easter. And although we don't see that word Lent in the Bible, we read that during the apostolic time, it was used as a period of preparation and it wasn't until the Council of Nicaea, for those historians among you, in 325 AD, that Lent was recognised in the Christian calendar. And even so, the dates and times have varied over the ensuing centuries. But tonight, we mark the beginning of Lent. Forty days and six Sundays of hearing a call of renewal a call to recommitment to the purposes of God in our lives. As Thomas Merton says, it's a time to stop skimming over the surface of the depths of our own lives. I'll say that again because it takes a little bit of thinking about. Lent, he says, is a time to stop skimming over the surface of the depths of our own lives. The number 40 has biblical significance, of course. Moses lived in Egypt for 40 years, spent 40 years in the desert. The Israelites were 40 years in the wilderness. Moses spent 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai. Ezekiel lay on his right side for 40 days to symbolize Judah's sin. Elijah went without food and water for 40 days on Mount Horeb. 
And of course, Jesus spent 40 days fasting and praying in the wilderness. What significance, I wonder, will the next 40 days have for us as individuals and for our world? And of course, once Lent was only marked by Catholic and Orthodox churches, but now it's becoming more widely recognised by the Protestant community and is seen as a time of renewal and recommitment. Ashes, which Peter is going to, I think, anoint us with later, are given as a sign of repentance and purification and represent how the human body turns to dust after death. The word Lent comes from an old English word, lengthen, which means spring, a time of rebirth and growth, renewed hope. And so too can our individual observance of Lent be a time of renewed commitment and growth in our Christian journey, our spiritual spring. This passage from Joel and another from Isaiah 58 are traditionally read out on Ash Wednesday. How can these passages inform our journey into a spiritual spring? Well, fundamentally, both Isaiah and Joel are telling us that our worship, our living a life of faith, is not about things external, not about putting on a show, not about being seen to do the right thing, And it's definitely not about power or self-righteous living or the pursuit of selfish desires. Lent is not about us. It's about God. Luther wrote that sin is to be curved in on the self. It's to be self-absorbed and either unable or unwilling to see the needs of others or even to be concerned about the needs of others, self-centred and selfish. I just wonder how much that definition defines what we see on the news and in the world around us. You do as you please, says Isaiah. You promote quarrel and strife, striking each other with wicked fists, of people who care little for the hungry or oppressed, the homeless or dispossessed, of people who sinned whilst they pretended to worship. How much do we need to hear the message from the Bible in our world today? And what is that message? We have our answers in the Gospels. Jesus fed the hungry. Jesus welcomed the stranger. He welcomed the despised and the oppressed. He called to account those for whom the practice of religion was an outward appearance rather than an inner journey of faith. Another scripture that's associated with Lent is Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I know there are times when I fall so far short of those words. But those words from Matthew search me and highlight my shortcomings. 
and then I turn to God. And they also tell me that change not, doesn't come from striving, from being seen to do the right thing. Change comes from a change of heart, from seeking first his kingdom. It's the movement of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God poured into my life. Last Lent, I quoted this um, from Archbishop of Canterbury, Anselm, at the turn of the 12th century, and I make no apologies for quoting it again tonight because I think it sums up for me my journey through Lent. Escape from your everyday business for a short while. Hide for a moment from your restless thoughts. Break off from your cares and troubles and be less concerned about your tasks and labours. Make a little time for God and rest a while in him. Enter into your mind's inner chamber. Shut out everything but God and whatever helps you to seek him. And when you have shut the door, look for him. Speak now to God and say with your whole heart, I seek your face, your face, Lord, I desire. And this is the challenge from Joel and Isaiah and the Gospels, that we seek the Lord, that we seek to understand him, that we seek him with all our heart, because then we will understand what moves God's heart. To draw so close to God that we hear his call to ministry, hear the beat of his heart for those around us, be like well-watered gardens, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. Hear God's heart as we pray for Ukraine and Russia. Hear God's heart as we discern the forces of evil and the desires for power that we displayed in Europe. And hear God's heart as we're guided by him in our prayers. So let's hear his call to serve those around us, not to fulfill self-ambition, but simply to live in obedience to his call. Our prayer for Lent must surely be, I seek your face, your face, Lord, I desire. Amen. Thank you, Esther, very much. And so we now come to the Litany of Repentance. And uh, this, again, is, is part of our preparation for uh, being ashed, which is part of the tradition of this, today, of this day. And so, again, there'll be uh, words on the screen that uh, I invite you to join in with as we have this, this time of prayer. Let us now call to mind our sin and the mercy of God, God the Father. 
God the Father, have mercy on us. God the Son, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Trinity of love, have mercy on us. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Lord, have mercy. We have been deaf to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs we have done, for our blindness to human need and suffering, and our indifference to injustice and cruelty. Accept our repentance, Lord, for all, for all false judgments, for uncharitable thoughts towards our neighbours, and for our prejudice and contempt towards those who differ from us. Accept our repentance, Lord, for our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us. Accept our repentance, Lord. Restore us, good Lord, and let your anger depart from us. Favourably hear us, for your mercy is great. Accomplish in us the work of your salvation that we may show your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Lord, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. Saying together, we have not loved you with our whole hearts, we have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. In your mercy, forgive what we have been, help us to amend what we are, and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen.
And so hear this absolution. Friends, the promises of God are true. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might be dead to sin and alive to all that is good. In the name of Jesus Christ you are forgiven. Live now as new people, free to love God and neighbour. And so we come to the peace. Uh, again, I think let's sort of stand and do our normal greeting as we do on Sundays uh, as we share the peace. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's wave, sign each other a peace. And John is going to lead us in our song before we share communion. So do stand to sing.
we're using Eucharistic prayers sing. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right. It is our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For he is our great High Priest, who has loosed us from our sins and has made us to be a royal priesthood to you, our God and Father. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. All glory be to you, our Heavenly Father, who in your tender mercy gave your only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there by his one oblation of himself once offered a full, perfect and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. He instituted and in his holy gospel commanded us to continue a perpetual memory of his precious death until he comes again. Hear us, merciful Father, we humbly pray, and grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we receiving these gifts of your creation, this bread and this wine, according to your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ's holy institution, in, remember in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Therefore, Lord and Heavenly Father, in remembrance of the precious death and passion, the mighty resurrection and glorious ascension of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. We offer you through him this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Grant that by his merits and death, and through faith in his blood, we and all your church may receive forgiveness of our sins and all other benefits of his passion. Although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer you any sacrifice, Yet we pray that you will accept this, the duty and service that we owe. Do not weigh our merits, but pardon our offences, and fill us all who share in this holy communion with your grace and heavenly blessing.
through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory be yours, almighty Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. We share communion in our normal way we do on Sundays. Uh, you'll be invited forward to take the bread and the wine and then take them back to your place and we will all consume together.
And so we join in together praying the prayer following communion. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gates of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. We haven't shared communion. My apologies. The body of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. You ought to say that prayer again. <laughs> and so we pray again. Father of all, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home. Dying and living, he declared your love, gave us grace and opened the gates of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us, so we and all your children shall be free, and the whole earth live to praise your name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. As it's Ash Wednesday, we're not, we're not going to have a final hymn. Uh, be, there will be a blessing, and then... Uh, we go our way uh, into God's world. If you want to stay behind and pray quietly, that's absolutely fine. May God create in you a clean heart, a transformed heart, a heart that knows and seeks and loves the justice and mercy of the Lord. May you accept the gift of salvation not your personal possession to be coveted, but his work, accomplished in the destruction of sin on the cross of Jesus Christ. And may you humble yourself before the Lord, coming before him with a broken spirit, a contrite heart, receiving from his hand great compassion and unfailing love. And so we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord in the name of Christ.